With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. What is up and what's happening, everybody? And welcome into another episode of the Uptempo Podcast. I'm your host, Blake Lane, here tonight with my co-host, Dustin Smith. Like always, we are here to talk a little Auburn A-Day. And uh, after that, we will kick it over to Denver Jones, uh, signing with Bruce Pearl and the Auburn Tigers, a huge pickup uh, for BP and the boys. And we will talk a little bit more about what else we expect to come from that program and that side of things. Uh, but first off, Dustin, man, how you doing tonight? I'm good, buddy. We're about 30 minutes away from our rematch versus Georgia Tech, and uh, you just informed me on who's going to be starting, so I guess intrigued would be a polite way of putting it. Mm, Man, Uh, you know, we've gotten on here a couple times and said that Mr. Alsop needs to be put on the shelf maybe and needs to to sit down for a minute or, or, you know, get, get, uh, get some time. Uh, to to reflect or something, man. But uh, tonight he gets the start. So uh, we're just hoping for positive things. Hopefully uh, by the time everybody is listening to this, it is uh, good vibes from the Auburn yeah. baseball program. And hopefully Come on, Chase, Chase. Yeah, he has a night to remember, hopefully, uh, because this is a big midweek game. And uh, Auburn needs I to mean. start with some positivity. Uh, I actually messaged Coop today and said, hey, the season starts today. All right, this is a new season. Uh, the, the comeback starts today. You get a dub tonight. You look into the series with Alabama, uh, and you take that series on the road, and, and you really start to get on some momentum and uh, and head towards the right direction. So uh, we're really, really uh, wishing the baseball program uh, a lot of luck tonight, uh, some good vibes, and hopefully we can get a big-time victory on the road at Georgia Tech over there in, yeah. uh, in Atlanta, Georgia. So uh, we know that's going to be a battle, man. Every time we play there, uh, there's a lot of crazy, crazy endings that go down uh, with the with the Georgia Tech rambling wreck. So, uh, Dustin, I know we're here. We're going to try to keep it relatively short tonight. Uh, but there was a wild uh, A-Day 
uh, on the plains, man. It, it rained. It was a hurricane, a monsoon, whatever you want to call it, man. It was tough to read. Uh, you know, I, I see a lot of people saying, well, Auburn didn't look good. I disagree. Uh, I think it was just way too hard to really take anything away from what happened uh, last Saturday uh, at Jordan-Hare. Uh, th- there were some good things, but uh, it's just really hard to get a read on what was really happening out there uh, with, uh, you know, Hugh and the guys not really being able to do what they wanted to do. And I know there was some rumblings of Hugh really wanting to move it inside, and we kind of talked about that on our last episode. I know you said that you would have really liked uh, to go inside and him just really – uh, see the quarterbacks just throw it around the yard. But, uh, man, just give me your your overall thoughts on what happened last Saturday on the Plains. I don't think that they could have moved it in. They're not, they didn't move it inside because they charged money for tickets. And yeah. um, this – and I know Zach Blackerby on Locked On has been pretty outspoken about this for some time. Don't charge tickets for – don't charge for A-Day. Like, it's a mm-hmm. it's a scrimmage. Um in the last 10 to 15 years, we've put up with a lot of shit. So just kind of do us a solid. And if you don't, if you didn't sell those tickets, then you probably would have just said, okay, we'll move it inside and yada, yada, yada. I, yeah. I don't know. Um, again, like I said last time, man, you got a $100 million facility. Um, I knew a week beforehand that they weren't going to, this was going to be this way. I mean, it was 100% uh, mm-hmm. all weekend long. So I canceled my trip. Um, got my money back for the baseball tickets, all that. So you saw this coming. Um, so I would have liked to have seen there's you easily can set up some cameras in that indoor facility. I mean, they do anyway for practice. This could have been much more planned out. Um, and it sucks, you know, and, and quit doing it on Easter weekend. Like that's a tough weekend to get people to try to come out. There's just a lot of stuff about it where it's kind of unfortunate uh, because as corny as the sounds, it is it is kind of for the fans like it is for us. Um it's it's nice. It's nice to be able to sit in in the football stadium in April and get that little taste and then you're always able to go over into the baseball game afterwards. It is one of my favorite times. So not a whole lot of stuff they could have done about the rain, but maybe just from at least giving us something as fans to watch from a po- football perspective, you could have moved that thing inside. I mean, you can't get you can't get any judgment off of the, off of what you saw. I mean, they cut out a whole quarter um, yeah. I would say, I would say for me, bro, the only thing I really take out of it is looking at the personnel groupings. Like mm-hmm. it says a lot that Robbie Asher was the first quarterback out. It says a lot that Holden was the third. Um, because at this point in his career, I got to call it what it is, man. If Holden's still behind TJ, then he's not progressing the way that I was hoping for him to be progressing. Um, so I just, I think that the offense looked a lot. It looked the most crisp. Um, it looked the most like focused with a with a sense of purpose with Robbie under quarterback, mm-hmm. and then I uh, I look at guys like Wilkie Denod, Kay and Lee, Keldrick Falk, Connor Lou getting the start uh, with the injury to Jeremiah Wright, but that's telling you that he's he's that sixth man on that offensive line. You know somebody's going to get hurt on the offensive line in SEC play, and they're going and they're already expecting Lou to be able to step in. And uh, Cole Pinkston was tweeting out uh, different videos going his. Twitter and check out. He was talking about just high level some of the stuff that Connor Lou already is doing. Uh, so that kind of stands out to me, like big recruiting wins that he was able to flip late that are already in there with the, with, uh, with no later than the twos for any of those guys. Um, I mean, Kay and Lee, bro, to be out there already in our secondary, 
ahead of some of the guys he's ahead of. Uh, that kid is an absolute stud. So not a whole lot to take away from it, but I say like the personnel groupings, because you can say all he wants, right, about we're not, we don't have a depth chart and all this kind of – that's yeah. cap. That's, yeah. uh, because you do. You have to have it. To, I mean, and you saw those guys are out there with who you you know are the ones, the guys you know are the two. So mm-hmm. that's really just kind of what I look at and, and, and take away from it. And I think we're going to have some decent kickers because uh, you missed that one, but it wasn't like he came up short. But I'm, I'm yeah. excited for um, McPherson, and, and uh, you know, I think that'll be a nice little change of pace for us as well to have a kicker we can depend on again. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, baby McPherson is a stud, man. Uh, just uh, absolute nails, and you got a small little glimpse of it last year. Uh, but a monstrous leg, man. That ball, that yeah. ball looked like it was good from 65. <laughs> I mean, he just hammered that thing uh, in those conditions too. Uh, impressive, yeah. man. Uh, so that was that was really nice to see. Uh, and and man, let's start right here with Robbie Ashford. You know, and and I'm kind of with you. I felt like he took complete control of this quarterback race. Uh, but one thing, the Auburn and fan base, the entire fan base is kind of looking at. Do you still think? Hugh goes to the portal because I do. Uh, I think, especially after what TJ Finley said, it looks like he's gone. I mean, he's basically saying, hey, look, if I don't start, I don't care, you know, whatever. I don't know if I can be a backup. All right. Well, that right there tells me uh, whatever is going on in that locker room, I don't know how, as a teammate, that's the last thing I want to hear. I don't know how guys can can get down with that. I really don't. So uh, I think he leaves and I think Hugh is open up to uh, somebody in the portal. And I know a lot of people still are high on Grayson McCall from Coastal Carolina. I don't know who it's going to be, but I know Hugh is down for competition and he's definitely going to bring at least one guy in here uh, to really battle this thing out with Robbie Ashford. And who knows, man, what does Holden do? Does Holden still sit at number three, or does does Holden hit the portal? I don't know, right. man. I really don't at this at this point. So uh, just give me your thoughts, man, and, and Robbie Ashford. I know Auburn didn't sling it around the yard, but, damn it, Robbie was moving the football. Yeah, I mean, he he, he had the um, he had the biggest pass completion of the day. And he sure did. That, that's kind of one thing, too, with Robbie is that, it's as funny as as weird as it kind of as, you, as it doesn't fit what you would think how it would work, but uh, I trust Robbie throwing the ball forty five yards much more than I trust him right now throwing the ball five to ten yards. Right? Um, yeah. So we we, yeah. we know we know we know he can throw darts. It's just about getting that consistency down. Um, we've talked about it before, not to, to to dig up a dead horse, but can you judge anybody that had to play? with the offensive gurus that are Brian Harson and Eric Keesaw call them plays. I mean, we saw a makeshift Cadillac, Will Friend, um, Ike Hillard offense immediately get get miles better. Uh, just a true testament to how bad Keesaw and Harson suck at, at, at coaching football. Um, mm-hmm. So, like, it's hard, it's hard to judge. It's hard to, like, for me to look at it and just be too critical of anybody uh, other than maybe like the senior offensive line, the guys that just had four years of bad tape. But from from a quarterback standpoint, um, I think that we saw plenty of things last year, uh, especially intangible-wise. Me and you were texting about it today. Just, man, give me a guy like Robbie that maybe you have to calm down versus a guy like Stidham where you're looking at And this is no shot at Stidham. He's, he's in the NFL, and uh, 
hope he wins that starting job and hope he, you know, has a good career. It's yeah. just there are times where you looked at him and you were like, man, maybe you're a little too dry. Like there just ain't enough juice there. Yeah. I don't think that's a problem that Robbie's going to have. I don't think that um, you're going to have a, a problem getting guys, even on the defensive side, to want to play for Robbie. He, you know, he's people, people will play for a fighter like that. And like I told you today, I, I always heart back to the 2013. Uh, we went on the road to Tennessee, and Nick Marshall completed two passes, and we kicked their ass. Like, we only need to throw the ball 10 to 15 times a game if we're going to be physical up front and establish it. And um, what do you say, man? Robbie Ashford, Jarquez Hunter, Batiste looked like he had some pop. Uh, Jeremiah Cobb's not even on campus yet. Sean Jackson looked nice running in between the tackles. Like, he did. I'm telling you, bro, we're going to be able to run the football. We're going to run the football this year. Trust me on that. Um, so if you can just find 10 to 15 completions in that game, I'm telling you, man, I just – I think – and on on the point of a transfer, Grayson McCall is the only kind of guy that I can see coming in and beating out Robbie because mm -hmm. a guy that has experience. The, the guy at NC State, his name is starting to get thrown around, and I heard this – uh, from somebody on the beat a month ago. Uh, so I, now I can kind of say publicly because other people are called to come out and say, this guy's a possibility. His name uh, slips my mind. But my thing with that is a guy like that that has less starts than Robbie, mm -hmm. um, or if you bring in a guy that just, you know, you bring if you bring in a guy, here's my point. Is it going to be somebody that is entrenched in his starting spot elsewhere? No. Yeah. That, you're a starting quarterback entrenched at a good – at a, at a power five school isn't going to risk getting up and losing that spot and having yeah. to learn a new system, especially now post spring. I mean, you, the, whoever this is, is only going to get some summer workouts and then they're going to hit, like they're going to be behind every quarterback in that room. So yeah. they're going to be miles behind Robbie. So for me, it's just, I don't see who you're going to, unless it's somebody like Grayson, who's played three, four years of football to where you say, I bet he can get this system down in a month. Sure. But yeah. If it's somebody else, man, that's that's losing their battle where they're at, and that's why they're coming here, it's hard for me to get excited about that over Robbie. And one final yeah. point on this is when you go through a year where you don't make a bowl game last year, let's not waste the training moments that Robbie had. Let's not waste those downs. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. you had to go through hard times. You had to go through struggle with him. Um, he had to learn a lot of lessons. You know, he's got to learn to hold on to that football. Um, but you don't want to but let's let's use that for growth. Let's let's look back at that season and say, OK, well, he figured some things out and we saw some potential. And now with some real offensive coaches, I don't think it's a stretch, Blake, that Robbie gets to 58, 60 percent completion, you know, and we yeah. and we and we and we establish the run and we run the football. Um, I think that's very, very doable. Yeah, you know, and and that's the thing with Robbie, man, is is uh, just get the quick hitters, man. You know, uh, hit the checkdowns and everything. He he can make the big time throws, man, but it's the easy ones. It's the slants across the middle, man, where he just struggles. Yeah, it's screens. He couldn't hit them last year. I, I remember back to the Georgia game, man. It was like a pure struggle for him, man. Uh, you know, he would he would have Tank out in the flat. And he would just overthrow him or jar quiz right there on the sideline. I think it was jar quiz uh, where he was just yeah. wide open and and he just overthrew him. And there was nobody within 15 yards of him. Uh, and and so the, you know those are the ones that you really got to hit. Uh, so you know 
I say that about Grayson, man, because I agree with you. I do think that's the one guy that can come in and actually be a teacher to Robbie. And for Robbie to sit behind him and learn even more, all right, and then come back next year and absolutely be that guy once Grayson moves on. Uh, but but really and truly, man, you know, it looks it looks like Robbie Ashford for now until further notice. Uh, I think when does the the portal opens up? What next week? I think it is. I think this weekend. I believe it's this weekend, this, like Saturday. Weekend. I think. Okay. Okay. Uh, so we're gonna find out a lot more within the coming weeks. Uh, when does it? I think it closes at the end of the month. Yeah. It's only okay. two. It's only open for two weeks. Two weeks, yeah. It's open for two weeks. Closes at the end of the month. I think on like what the the thirtieth. Okay. Um, yeah, they keep switching it every year, so it's hard to know exactly yeah. the dates. Yeah, it's it's insane. So, um, one thing I did want to touch on 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 this episode, man, was what did you think about the offensive line? Uh, I know that is the one position group that the Auburn family is just waiting to see, have been waiting to see, have been wanting to see improvement, man. What did you think about those guys in the trenches? I thought it looked I thought it looked night and day. Now the thing about this is, and this is why um I'm glad that Hugh's suggestion of playing somebody else in the spring game is starting to gain traction because uh I also look at it and go, well what's up with our D line? Um so it it, it goes both ways. Mm-hmm. But I think that um, – I just think it looked like there was a different attitude. Um, they looked confident, man. They looked physical. They were they were getting off the ball. It wasn't this, this pitter-patter kind of second-guessing that we've seen for so long now. Um, Avery Jones looked good getting to the second level, getting everybody set up. Um, to have a guy like Connor Liu, who's supposed to be getting ready for prom right now, yeah. Out there moving guys like Jason Jones and Justin Rogers around. That's impressive, man. That is impressive. You, We have got uh, – there's a reason why Hugh kind of sat back two weeks ago at his press conference and said, we nailed this one. Uh, this kid's going to be one of the best offensive linemen to come through Auburn in a very, very long time. Mm. So there's uh, Britton, Gunner Britton, mm. um, looking good out there at tackle. Uh, man, it's just going to be – I think I read today that we, in the last five years, we have never finished uh, the highest we finished, and I don't know how exactly how you would word it, but uh, efficiency for um, protecting the passer is 89th in the country. That's been our highest. Mm. So, in in, in five years, um, yeah. so it's hard. You know, you look at a guy like Bo Nix. He goes out west, and yes, it's a completely different style of ball, but all of a sudden he completes 71% of his passes and throws for over 3,000 yards. A lot of that's got to do with time, just having time to throw the ball. So um, just just night and day, if we get that kind of performance from the offensive line, like I I said, it, it goes back to what I was saying about Robbie. You just don't have to be the most crisp type passing offense. You just have to be able to hit enough of those things to keep the defense honest. And if you can run the ball down the other team's throat, then every Auburn fan, that's that's what gets us off. So yeah. that's how we win games. We get back to running it in between the tackles, and that's when we win SEC championships. 
Love that. Yeah, man. Look, I know you mentioned Connor Lou right there, but let's flip over to the defensive side of the ball. And you kind of mentioned uh, that defensive front there. Uh, what was it looking like? Uh, was Keldrick Falk a big winner in your eyes? And we obviously know about Kay and Lee and what he has done in that secondary. Uh, some think that he is pushing Nehemiah and could possibly yeah. be the starter. And and that says a lot because yeah. Nehemiah is a guy that's been around the block, all right, and he come back this year. Uh, so that, that speaks for itself right there, man. What are some things that you saw out of these cats? Yeah, my boy, uh, my boy JD, he gets hurt and he misses a couple weeks and Kay and Lee just pops right in there and says, man, I got you. That's, that's the thing about football, bro. It's, it's cutthroat. When you recruit the defensive backs the way that we've been recruiting them, um, you can't mess up. I mean, you can't, yep. you get hurt. And then a guy like that that comes in there, there's a reason why Ohio State pushed so hard uh, to get Kay and Lee. And it just uh, – all three of these guys were flips post-Hugh. That just speaks to the comp- – you just have to be competent in recruiting. Auburn can get really good players based off of just being Auburn. But look at a cat like Ryan Williams. He's a 2025 wide receiver. Um, talked about how his first visit – I believe it was the Penn State game, maybe LSU last year. But no one even talked to him for two hours from the coaching staff. Um it was other people's parents kind of telling him where to go. No one was showing his family around. Um, and then Harson Harson walked right by him and then stood looking at his phone for 10 minutes while Ryan Williams was five feet away from him. And Harson never spoke a word. Um, that's a five-star wide receiver, man. Like, it's just inexcusable. Mm-hmm. You get a guy like, um, <clears throat> like Hugh in here, I talked to a guy from the Pensacola area. I talked to a recruit today that was that was there this weekend. Just kind of asked him, hey, man, did the weather dampen the atmosphere and all that? And he said, like, yeah, from a fan's perspective, you know, we wanted to see, obviously, like a big crowd and get to do the whole Auburn experience. But he's like, man, I got a lot of one-on-one time with Hugh. And his words were, this is a, this is a class of 2025 kid. His words were most down-to-earth, coolest coach that I've met with yet. Mm. So that just – that's why you have these guys and a guy like Keldrick. Look, we're, we're super, super thin on the edge. Mm -hmm. Um, This is why I asked Ike a couple weeks ago. Do you think that a guy like Keldrick is going to get in there and start day one? And he said, maybe not day one. And and I kind of disagree with him because I just, I don't see a lot of options on that edge. I mean, a guy like Elijah McAllister from Vanderbilt, I'm not throwing shade, but I think he got two and a half sacks last year. Like, how much can you expect from that? I just think, and, and man, you saw Keldrick, like the kid looks like an NFL defensive end, bro. Like yep. he is just built that way. So um, it, it goes to recruiting and, and you have to win these battles because you have to have the, the guys in this league to even compete. Um, and if we're going to win eight, nine games this year, which Hughes kind of saying is his goal, um, he's making no bones about, I want a quick turnaround. We're going to need these impact freshmen to come in and play right away. And you're going to need some guys like uh, like a, we saw Wilkie Denod getting in there and getting reps. Yep. Um, you're going to – another guy on the edge. Uh, I think it's Braden Williamson, the, uh, a late three-star signee from Opelika. Didn't make a lot of noise, but made a lot of noise in camp. Um, mm-hmm. You know, stars on everything type thing. So there's, there's going to be these young guys that are going to have to come in for us and make an impact early. And – None of us expect to win the SEC West this year, right? But when you look at that and you say, man, we're going to be kind of young this year, 
-hmm. Look at these guys. Look at the reps they're going to get. How does that set you up for the coming years? And then when he really starts to pump in more of these type classes, uh, it's a good start, man. I expect Angel Reese energy. I expect rings from day one, bro. Hey, don't tell me it can't happen because I just watched LSU do it. I I just watched LSU do it last year, bro. They won the West the first year with with BK down there. Uh, So, no. I I said they were thin. I just think we're thin in some spots. Yeah, 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 no doubt. Realistically, realistically. Uh, you know, I'm 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 hoping for eight wins. Realistically, yeah, you know, I'm shooting for eight. Uh, that would that would put a smile on my face and bring us back from the dumpster fire uh, that we had to go through the last two years, the pit of misery. And mm-hmm. I mean, Jesus, uh, ugh, <laughs> tough, <laughs> tough to even talk about, man. I don't even like talking about it. Uh, but man, uh, wrapping up the a day stuff, uh, just you know. Uh, your overall thoughts on on just uh, Coach Hugh Freeze and the staff and everything they've done, uh, Cadillac and and uh, and Zach and all these Trayvon man and all these cats. Go look at um, go look at what Perry Thompson just posted on his Instagram. I mean, mm. it's coming. Talk to it's me. It's coming. Talk to There's, me. Your Cam Coleman, that commitment's coming, guys. Um, yeah. the, the, the Sterling Dixon, these things are going to happen, bro. They're going to happen, and. Um, I, I just keep saying when you when you are already starting to win those kind of battles, Walker White, uh, when you're beating out Clemson, when Clemson identifies him as their guy, goes all in and, and you just beat him. Um, we that's without proof of concept yet. Just wait till we win eight, nine games this year and, and make noise. Then it's really going to be something. So. I, I'll say it again. I've said it many times. I'll say it again. I just love the setup of this staff, having the two experienced guys as coordinators, having Hugh being able to kind of step back, play that CEO role in the middle of practice, zooming five-star recruits, getting them on campus. Uh, KJ Bolden, five-star safety, mm-hmm. making a big, big push. This kid's the number three rated prospect in the entire country. Um, all of a sudden, he's been there throughout uh, two or three times uh, at least you got Walker white walking around the sideline going, where's Perry Thompson. I got to talk to Perry Thompson. He just, everything is headed in the right direction. Um, and I'll say this, listen to the kids. Cause I'm just, I'm just a fan. Uh, anybody that's on the beat, probably an Auburn fan, you know, like not saying they don't do their jobs and you can't trust them to be professional. I know a lot of these guys, you know, they, they do their best, but they still love Auburn is my point. Listen to listen to some of these guys like a Sterling Dixon, a guy that was that came to practices in games last year. And listen to what he says about this weekend compared to last weekend. They make mm-hmm. no bones about it. They don't they don't have to lie about this. They'll be honest with you. They have no affiliation to any school. They haven't even picked a school yet. When yeah. I can at least six recruits. This weekend alone, Blake, have all said it is night and day from what I came and saw last spring. Just the mm-hmm. energy at practice. Um, yeah. So that alone, man, like that that alone should get you really excited that people can notice there's a noticeable difference in energy and just a want to be out there and a want to play for your head coach. So mm. I, I couldn't, I mean, the way that everything has gone since Halloween of last year, um, has just been nothing, just nothing but stock rising for this program. 
And I think that you are going to see a ten, what 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 Heupel has done at Tennessee is a very very reasonable expectation for where our program can can start going as well. And I I'm not a betting person, but if I was, I would bet that that's exactly where we're headed. I have a lot of I, confidence in this. I'd love to play in the Orange Bowl in year two, man. I want to go to Miami. Man. I want to go to South yeah. Beach. <laughs> I would I'd love like to, to leave that, Birmingham man. for a bowl game. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that would be fun, man. I would love to go to South Beach. Uh, the other time I've been down to South Beach was actually to watch Kyler Murray and Tua Tungvaloa play in the college football playoff game, and and that was a good time. But I would like to go down there to watch my Auburn Tigers uh, play in at one time. So, uh, yeah, man, I, I'm right there with you. And to think some people actually questioned this hire, didn't want it. There was some blowback is, I mean, just – insane to me man pure insanity uh you know and and i still see little comments of well auburn lost their morals and and they threw their integrity out and everything uh look uh the man the man is the right guy for the job and uh, look if you still got a problem with it uh you know i'm sorry i'm sorry you feel that way uh the man has taken it up with his family he has taken it up with his Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And guess what? Those are the only people that, yeah. at the end of the day, uh, that he owes anything to. So those those are the only people that he's got to be right with. It's his family right. and his Lord and Savior. So that's it, period. All right? So if you don't like it, I hate it for you. All right? But let me also tell you something. L- let me also tell you something, Dustin. When when Auburn's sitting at, at – uh, nine and two or 10 and one or, or whatever. All right. And, and you're welcoming in the university of Alabama in the biggest game in college football. I don't want to argue about that either. Uh, if you don't think it's the biggest rivalry in the biggest game in college football, go kick rocks. I don't want to see you at Jordan Hare stadium. And I've said that multiple times. Yeah. Uh, he's the right guy for the job. And uh, when when you do get that taste of of knocking off Alabama and Hugh uh, gets to celebrate for beating Nick Saban, I don't know when it's going to happen. I'm not saying it's going to happen this year, but when he does do it, don't celebrate. All right, don't celebrate. Don't be in here. Uh, just just get over yourself because there's nothing <laughs> you can do about it. Honestly, and, send another uh, email. Yeah, send another email. Send another tweet. I don't care. Uh, the guy is him and. You know, he's done nothing but great things for the program. And that's all I can ask for because we spent two years in hell, Dustin. We spent two years in hell. And I'm sorry, that's not Auburn. All right. It's not Auburn football. Nothing that you've seen or heard over that time span was was about Auburn football. It just, that's not the way we roll. And uh, we shouldn't be made a mockery of. You hear me, Dustin? We, we shouldn't be made fun of, man. And, like, there was legitimate Ole Miss people, Ole Miss fans were making fun of Auburn, all right? A team that has been in a bottom feeder, been in pure purgatory for years, is making fun of you. A team that you were up 35 to 11 in the all-time series is making fun of you. Mississippi State has a winning streak against you right now because yeah. of the man who just walked out the door. And you want to give me some grief about this cat taking the job? Get out of here, man. Uh, so I'm, I'm sorry I had to get off on a little spill right there. Uh, it still it still itches at me, man, when somebody wants to bring that crap up. 
but yeah, man, I love the energy that Hugh brings, the Yahtzee, the recruiting stories, uh, just everything that he has done, man. Him him standing underneath that umbrella the other day and just uh, and letting all the Auburn fans know, man, hey, we're out here. It's a new era. And, and we're ready to kick some ass. And uh, you can you can tell in the players, man, Robbie, when he sent that tweet out, are just about having fun now. It's just yeah. they're out there having fun. So you can tell things are different, man. Uh, so we love to see that. But kicking things over here and rounding things up with this episode, Dustin, we wanted to talk a little Auburn basketball. There's been a lot of momentum for Auburn. Uh, we know Wendell Green decided to put his name in the uh, NBA draft. That was uh, a little surprising to some people. Uh, but obviously, like you called it, you said there was going to be a ton of turnover. Uh, you said that BP was going to make some moves. A stretch ends up putting his name in the portal. That opens up another slot for Auburn, and and BP goes out and gets my man Denver Jones, man. He commits to Auburn, and, and he is locked in with BP, ultimately signing uh, with the Auburn Tigers, and uh, he is locked in a 6'4", two-guard, Dustin. All right, a guy that can fill it up. All right, put up twenty a game, man. How many times have we prayed for this at Auburn? A six-four guard. How many times so have we Brown prayed? Left. Exactly, man. And 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 guess what? Is here BP. Uh, he, he. I think he felt that it needed to happen. Uh, and then you had Wes Flanagan. He up and leaves the program. He takes a job with Chris Beard over at Ole Miss. They're building something really nice. The SEC is just going to keep getting more competitive uh, as this thing continues to grow as a basketball conference. Uh, we'll eventually be the best conference in every sport here coming soon. Yep. Uh, and and so you've had a lot of turnover, man. But uh, Denver, uh, just talk a little bit about his game and just overall everything that's happened in the past week or so uh, with Auburn basketball. Yeah, Um the thing that's that's so nice about Denver is I've watched a little bit more stuff on him and kind of del- uh, delve deeper into his numbers. Um, dude, he can score off the dribble. Mm-hmm. Um, he can score off the catch and shoot. He can put it on the floor. He can get to the hole. He can uh, he makes his free throws. Uh, just a guy that you can just really depend on. And see now, now you're not as worried about uh, Aiden Holloway and a KD Johnson being a little bit smaller because it's okay. If you have a, if you have somebody back there with him, then you can, you can play with a, with a smaller one guard. If you've got a two to spell it, it's a lot harder when you've got two guys under six feet starting in your backcourt. That's just tough. Even if they both can play well, that's just so tough defensively. You're asking a lot of those guys. Um, So yeah, this is, this is huge. I think that, uh, I think with Aiden coming in, he'll probably win the starting point guard spot. But that then gives Trey the opportunity to just be a, the pure, um, you know, the pure backup. And you'll see his minutes go from uh, from eight to 16, 18, you know, probably yeah. somewhere in that range. So just uh, I'm excited to see to my boy Trey to get a bigger role. We saw how he came on at the end of the season last year. I will forever say that Bruce should not have pulled him in that in that second game of the tournament uh it went sideways both games when trey went out uh we lost a big lead so i'm excited for trey's opera uh the opportunity that this is going to give him uh, i expect nothing but growth and a big step for him and we still like you said with stretch going man there's still some holes to fill um i would like to see a a a true five added 
uh, mm-hmm. maybe a six eleven, seven foot uh, five that can just play defense and rebound. I'm not too worried about getting much on the offensive end because that would give Janai the ability to slide down to the four and play what I think is more his natural position. So um, I'm just I'm interested to see where all this goes. I know that um, I know that BP has a plan, and I'm excited for it. I'm excited to see where it uh, kind of how it all all shakes out and how he's going to build this team is there maybe another high school kid that he had his eyes on that he goes and gets, you know, I just, I don't know. So um, it's going to be fun, man. It's going to be really exciting. And then you've got, you've got the thing that you got to think about with anybody that we add is you've got three guys locked in in that 2024 class and Peyton Marshall, the big center, and then our guy LeBaron out of, out of Mobile and um, uh, uh, Tahad in New yep. Jersey. So there's, there's just, that's something to think of. You're you're a year away from getting some pretty solid reinforcements anyway. So just um really, really excited, man, to see kind of how Bruce plays all this out. You've got the guard uh Oliveira. Uh he'll be visiting this weekend. So um I don't know, man. There's there's still there's still three or four spots to fill. Um like I said, I kind of want I kind of my biggest thing at this point is to that center, maybe adding one more wing, like maybe because we don't know what Flan does, right? Yeah. Um, that that's kind of up in the air. To me, I want I want Flan to come back because I don't know if Flan leaves, it's, it'd be kind of hard at this point to find a guy that can give you what he gives you at that three spot. I think that that would kind of open up a hole that might be hard for us to fill. Do Do you think he would follow his dad to Ole Miss, or do you think he would go to the NBA draft? Because Dustin. It's- I, he's he was one of the guys that I really wanted to come back and and you know I know we were talking a little bit with Ike about it and I really felt like he was starting to get that step back man you could tell the Achilles was getting right and you could see it in the tournament he was asking for the last shot uh, his free throw shooting had come on uh, and and just his his mid range had come on his. His entire game, man, we already know what he can do on the defensive end. And so that was the one guy that I, I really, really wanted to come back. And hopefully he still does, you know. Yeah. Uh, but with Wes going to Ole Miss, what are your – like, do you put a percentage on him, man. Do you think he comes back or or would he go to Ole Miss or, or the NBA draft? I mean, I don't know. Like, because if you – if you if he says he just wants to go with his dad, then I get that. But also – you only have one more year of eligibility. Do you yeah. want to go? Do you want to take a step down? Like, do I think Chris Beard's going to build Ole Miss into a good program? Yes. But right now, they're obviously not where we're at. Do you exactly. want to take a step down in like in just everything, prestige, all that kind of stuff, the potential of season you're going to have? Do you want to do all that? And what's your last year of college ball? What are his what are his pro opportunities? Can he make more money? at Auburn and NIL than he can make probably playing overseas or playing in the G league or, you know, something like that. I don't, I don't have all those answers. Um, I think what would be, be what would be best for him would be to come back to Auburn, finish this thing out. You're going to have a key role. Um, and you look at all these teams that make deep runs in the tournament. They're not patched together, young teams. Yep. Those teams fall apart in the first round or two. The teams that make deep runs have have veterans, have guys like Flan, four to five year guys, guys like Jay Will. Um, so I want to see as many Alabama. So I want to see as many, yeah, uh, us us with Jabari and Walker, right? Yeah. Like yeah. 
I want I want to see uh, I want to see as many of these guys at this point stay together. Because um, yeah, I don't. Is there an upgrade out? If you if you like I said, if you lose Flan, I doubt you get a, an upgrade at that position. You're probably yeah. gonna have to settle for something that is less than he is. So and, and yeah, I want to see some of these guys that Flan Flan don't don't ha- don't go play one year for Ole Miss. That'll be so ugly to see. Like you're an Auburn Tiger, bro. You've been here for four freaking years. Finish out an Auburn Tiger, dog. We need mm-hmm. you. We love you. We want you. Finish it out with us. Love that, man. Uh, love that. I, I agree as well. Uh, I really want Flan to return as long um, as well with Jalen. Uh, I obviously want Jalen Williams to return. I feel like he will return. I would be yeah, majorly shocked uh, if we saw anything else like about Jalen leaving or anything like that. So, yeah, man. Uh, a lot of excitement around the basketball program, though. We knew Bruce would make something shake, and he has. And uh, there's a lot of energy around that program, uh, and, and a lot of uh, a lot of exciting pieces uh, just sitting there waiting to be seen of what happens next. So uh, Auburn's a, a damn near everything school right now, man. Uh, the basketball, the football's getting hot. Hopefully, our baseball team can get it turned around. There's still a lot of time left. Uh, but it starts tonight, people. So one to uh, zero right now. There we go. There we go. Hey, hey, I, I text Coop this morning, man. I text Coop and I said, "You keep swinging it, big dog. The season turns around tonight. Uh, we're gonna be okay. Uh, you guys just just hang in there and make it happen." And he texts me back and he said, "Man, look." And he said, "We're gonna stay together as a club." All right. He said, "We're gonna keep swinging it. We're gonna stay together. We're gonna grind this thing out. We're gonna turn this baby around." So, uh, Chase also gets the ball tonight, man. So, uh, hey, good luck to the fellas. Hopefully, we can turn it around. And, Dustin, I appreciate you doing this episode, man. I know you've been going through some stuff with your laptop and your mic and everything and just finding a way to get it done on your phone, man. Oh, that's huge. I thank you all the hard work and effort that you put in, man. And uh, everybody who's listening, if you could, uh, go like, subscribe, click the bell for notifications on the YouTube channel. Uh, we need to really get to 500 subscribers as soon as possible mm-hmm. so we can start making some uh, some stuff happen on our YouTube page. Uh, Dustin wants to put some polls up and things like that, some graphics and, and all that good stuff. Uh, so we appreciate each and every one of you who listen. Like the video if you can. Uh, comment if you agree or disagree on something that we said. We would love to chat it up with you in the comment section. Uh, and and with that being said, we're going to end this episode. And I'll always leave y'all every episode with a war damn eagle. And we're out. Catch you on the next one.